Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in. So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And I cannot believe that it is already the end of October, (laughs) y'all, that we are heading into the holidays and into the holiday season here very, very shortly, which is why today we are going to talk about a tool, a trick, whatever you want to call it, a way to um, help you overcome overwhelm. We are talking about what to do, a tool that you can use when feeling super overwhelmed. And the reason why I say we're talking about this as we're heading into the holidays is because in my experience, certainly I've had this in my own life. I had this within my practice and it's still there to some extent. And I see this in my clients so much too. The holidays can bring on a lot of added stress. For some of you, it's the holidays itself, right? It gets to be a busier season. We try to spend a lot of extra time with family and friends. There are parties. There's just a lot going on, which can feel overwhelming. Sometimes it's because, let's face it, we love our families, but families can be a bit stressful and overwhelming also. And just the whole holiday um, impact of trying to, you know, gather with them and dealing with, even though we love our families, our families are all very different people. They are not necessarily the people that we choose to hang out with because they don't always have the same interests and beliefs and all of that. And so there is a bit of stress that comes along with just gathering together. And if you're like me, and um, you like to host and do lots of things during the holidays for people, we can sometimes go a little too crazy. I am a, what I call a recovering holiday perfectionist. (laughs) And sometimes my perfectionism around the holidays still does come back to try to bite me. Uh, Luckily, since I know it exists and I know I don't really like the impact it has on me, I'm always on the lookout around the holidays for, okay, Heather, Are you trying to be a perfectionist here? What are you doing? Is this really necessary? So if you were like me, perhaps you try to make the holidays perfect for you and your family. And especially if you have kids, this comes up a lot with those of us with kids. We want to create the most wonderful, memorable holiday experience, right? Because we remember these magical moments as kids, or maybe we didn't have them and we want to create those for ourselves and for our family and for our children. And so we go a little too crazy and a little too far, and that gets overwhelming. So no matter what it is, the holidays can be extra stressful and extra overwhelming. And also for those of you who are 
transactional attorneys, and especially those of you who are finance attorneys like I was, because I know for you, the holiday season can be crazy overwhelming, not because it's the holidays. I mean, that does add to it, but because everything's got to get done for your deals. All the closings have to get done by year end. And so you might, this might be your craziest, busiest time of year. So no matter what the reason, for many of us, the holidays, the holiday season can feel overwhelming and stressful. And we kind of want to bury our heads in the sand and say, okay, can you just tell me when it's all over? (laughs) So I don't want you that way this year. I want to help you know what to do when you start to get those feelings. Maybe when you get overwhelmed, you hyperventilate a little bit or you feel like you're going to. Maybe you feel it in the pit of your stomach. Maybe you feel it like in your throat, like there's this extra lump in your throat. Maybe you feel like there's extra weights just bearing down on your shoulders. Whatever it is, I want you to take a moment to think about, okay, what are the signs What are the physical signs that I get when I start to feel really overwhelmed that I want to start paying attention to? And the reason I'm recording this now, yes, we are heading into the holiday season, and so this is very appropriate, but I want you to really start thinking about it now because you want to get really clear around what are the signs so that you can be more self-aware when it first starts so that you don't get so far down the road where you almost having panic attacks and your blood pressure is sky high and you just feel like you need to give up, okay? So that's number one. Be self-aware. Start thinking about it now. And something that I recommend you do if you're like, well, everything, you know, well, start paying attention to your actual triggers. What are the things that trigger you most? And if you're not sure, look back to past experiences, but also... Look forward and start to imagine, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, whatever other holiday functions that are big for you. Start looking forward and think through kind of a typical day, a typical gathering with family if that's what stresses you out and overwhelms you. Um, The preparation for it. If you're doing deals and it's, you know, it's work that's stressing you out, what are the what are the triggers that really get you? Not just that you have a lot of work. There are specific things that tend to happen that trigger us, okay? So I want you to kind of think forward and imagine those things happening and pay attention to how that feels within your body as you imagine it because you're going to start feeling it as you imagine it so that you can be more aware of how it tends to show up so that when it does happen, you catch it more quickly. But then what do you do? Before we get into that tool, and I promise it's coming in just a couple of minutes, I want you to step back for a moment and understand how your brain works, okay? So we've talked before about how our brains love to focus on the negative, right? We have a negativity bias. And also how our brains like to convince us with stories, stories around how it's just has to be this way. It's meant to be these definites, right? Like we have no choice. 
well, I've got too much to do. There's so much on my plate. I'm jumping from one emergency to another, but that's just how it is. That's just the gig. That's just the practice of law, or that's just how it it is at this time of year, right? Well, I've got all these extra things I've got to do for the holidays, and that's just part of it. I don't have a choice, but you do. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any time now, you probably, at least deep down, rationally know this. Know that your brain does lie sometimes, or at least it exaggerates, right? And that you, in fact, do have a choice. And so you're saying, well, yeah, Heather, I've been listening. I know I have a choice. Here's the thing, though. When we start to get busier, when certain triggers happen, and this happens a lot at the end of year, at the holiday season for a lot of us, we forget in the moment that we do have a choice and that we can make better choices for ourselves, that we don't have to go on repeat and continually repeat what's happened in the past. Our brain wants to remind us of all the times things have gone wrong, all the times, like let's say for a family function that we're really stressed out about. And we know heading in that we're probably going to get into another argument with our sister or brother-in-law or our sibling or our parent or whomever it is, right? Our brain then convinces us, well, that's going to happen again. It's happened every year. It's going to happen again. And so it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy (laughs) because we think, well, there is no choice, but there is. You don't have to get in that same argument. You can prepare yourself ahead of time, right? You can be ready for it. So I just wanted to note that the brain loves to get you stuck in that place. It assumes that nothing can be done differently. It assumes that you can't change. It assumes that what has happened will necessarily happen again. And by the way, there's great things that have happened in the past that it's not assuming will happen again because, again, that negativity bias comes into play. And so I just want you to step back and remind yourself of that right now, but also as you go forward, as you plan, as you feel overwhelmed, you need moments where you step back and go, whoa, wait a second. This isn't always the case. This doesn't have to be true. I do have other choices. There's more possibility out there than what I have known in the past. And I can change things and I can take control. Before I move into the tool that's going to help you break free, I wanted to mention one last time, my mastermind, Elevate. This is the last week, y'all, that you can apply, at least for the year. It'll be back next year. But let me just warn you, the price will be increasing next year. So it's the last time at the current price, which several people have told me who have participated that it's a steal. So there is that. But if you are, if part of your overwhelm is because you're wearing a million hats, right? You're trying to advise clients, you're trying to manage other people, and you're trying to grow your practice, but there feels like there's just so little time and you're absolutely overwhelmed by it. If you're also feeling overwhelmed because you feel unsupported, you don't have enough support, and you you feel isolated, building your own practice can be very, very isolating. It can be hard to know who to trust. You don't know who to go to, to ask questions, to brainstorm with. If you feel unsure, uncertain of, well, 
where do I focus my efforts? I have a limited amount of time and there's a million different things I could be doing. What is the right thing for me to be doing to grow my practice? Elevate is for you. Look, I've been there. I had a practice. In fact, I went from <laughs> I went from having a little bit of a practice making partner to zero thanks to the financial crash. So I know how also to face down a huge recession. I had to grow my practice and did grow my practice to over a million during that time period. So I'm also proof that you can grow your practice in a recessionary market. And I know how it feels to be overwhelmed, to feel unsupported, to not be sure what to do, which is exactly why I created Elevate. Because here's the deal, y'all. Everything changes. You, your approach, and your practice as a result. When you have a simple strengths-based strategy coupled with unyielding support from people you trust who can help you every single step of the way. That's what Elevate is designed to do. So if this speaks to you at all, this is your last chance to apply for this round. Please be sure to go and apply today. And if you're listening to this a little bit too late, never fear. It will be back next year. You should have a chance at that point to sign up for the wait list. So I highly recommend you do so. All right, let's move into the tool. The tool to utilize when you are feeling overwhelmed by work, by life, by family, by the holidays, by whatever it is, right? So the tool is ask good questions, okay? Ask good questions, which really means asking the right questions. Questions are an amazing way to kind of break free of the path that your brain likes to take, that overly negative, you know, reminding you of all the things that have gone wrong in the past, telling you all the stories of just the way it is. It's going to be this way. It's happened like this before. It will happen again. You need something that helps you break free from that, right? Because what happens is our brain, we don't know 100% how many thoughts your brain really has in a day, but we know it's a lot. Some people say it's like tens of thousands. I'm not sure it's really that much, but we know that your brain has a lot of thoughts. But we also know that your brain likes to operate a lot like a broken record. So even though there's all these thoughts going through your head, oftentimes they're the same or similar thoughts over and over and over again. And so you end up feeling stuck for this reason and like there are no choices. And one of the best tools you can utilize is to step back and start asking questions. Questions that are designed to break you free from that stuckness in your brain and over-focusing on all the negative and all the what-ifs that are bad and instead get into a more proactive, action-taking, problem-solving mode. So the tool is to ask questions. And I'm going to give you some questions to ask yourself. Question number one, what's my real priority here? Now, when you're asking that question, I like to say real. (laughs) What's my real priority here? Is there even a priority in respect of what I'm what I'm contemplating or what I'm doing, okay? Because that kind of comes with it when you ask real. 
So what do I mean by real priority? Like, is what you're contemplating doing or is what you are doing really that important? Is it a priority given your goals, given your values, given the things that are truly important to you? This is your starting point, okay? So it's a way to ground you into your values, into your goals, into your true priorities and remind you of the things you want to actually be spending more of your time on, yet probably aren't because you've got all this other stuff you think needs to get done. So it helps to give you direction for where to start cutting things out of your schedule, out of your daily to-dos, to get rid of, because it's just not a priority. What's my real priority here, given my goals, my values, the things that are truly important to me? Also, when looking at things that are on your plate, start looking at them individually. Make a list if you don't already have a to-do list or take a look at at your to-do list. And also take a look because we don't always have everything we're working on on our to-do list. So the to-do list is this extra thing in addition to all these other things. So make a list of all the things that are on your mind that you've got to get done in that day, in that week that's grading on you. And even if it's something that's not on your immediate to-do list, maybe it's in the back of your mind and you're thinking, I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to get this done, but when? And it's not on your to-do list and it's not one of the main things you're working on and yet it's still there. So put that down too. Get it all out. First off, writing all that down will let you see, okay, this is flipping impossible. What am I thinking? I've got to cut out. So that kind of helps give you some reality, right? And then look at each thing individually and ask the question, why is this important? Why is this important? Like, decide, why is this important? Now, some things when you ask that question are going to be clearly not that important. And you're going to like find ways to just get rid of it. If it's not that important, what do you do with it? FYI. Well, you can push it off and do it later and just decide I'll do it when I get to it if I ever do. You can decide it just doesn't have to be done at all and let it go. You can find a way to delegate it to others so that you're not the one doing it and you realize, okay, maybe it could get done, but it doesn't have to get done by me. So let's get somebody else to do this because it's not important for me to do this, right? So ask, why is this important now? Don't stop there. The second part to this question is once you determine why something is important, is that really true? Really? Is this this really true? The reason I put down, is that really true? This forces you to then decide how much of a priority is this. When we only ask how much of a priority it is, we try to come up with all the reasons, okay? So I don't want you to ask that question. So first you ask, why is this important? And you write it down. And then you challenge that. Is that really true? Is that really true? Now, those questions are going to identify some things immediately that you can, as I said, push off, let go of completely, or delegate. But you might still have a pretty big list of things that feel like need to get done right? That you feel like, okay, these are important. This is the reason I challenged it. 
you need to look at it even harder now and ask yourself, what can I push off, delegate, and or let go of? What that's left, okay? Not can I, not how, what. It assumes you can. It assumes you can figure out how. You want to ask yourself, well, what what that's left? Can I push off, delegate, and or let go? Forcing you to find something to push off to later, let go of completely, or delegate to someone else. Be really honest about this. I find in my clients that when I push them to do these things and we get to this place, there's always something else that truly isn't a priority, but they've claimed is, but they then finally, as I push them through this process, admit, you know what? It's not the end of the world if I don't do this. I can let it go. Or you know what? So-and-so can do it almost as good or just as good, and that's good enough, given everything that's going on and what the true priorities are. So here is something to note. We often convince ourselves that something is a priority just because we would be very good at doing it. That does not make something a priority, okay? <laughs> and this kind of helps you to identify that. And we think, well, the somebody else could do it, but they don't do as good of a job. So what? So what if that's true? Perhaps they don't need to. Perhaps it needs to be good enough. Perhaps they need to get better at it and you need to let them do it so that they can because it's not something you should be doing so much of anyway. Also, perhaps that's not really true. Perhaps they're just as good. Perhaps they're better. And this leads me to, if you have not listened, I did a two-part series early on in this podcast, I think it was episodes 9 and 10, and I will put these into the show notes, around proper prioritization, around how to be more productive. And the first episode was around adopting a productive mindset. The second episode was around how to prioritize, like how to really determine what's a true priority and what's not. If you have not listened to those, you need to go back and listen to them. So I would make some time in the next week or two to go back and listen to them. And again, I'll put them in the show notes. If you have listened to them, but it's been a while, and you feel like, you know what, I've gotten away from that, go back and listen, especially to the one about how to prioritize. All right, so the first question was, what are my real priorities? The second question was, why is this important? And then with a secondary question to it, really? The third question was, what can I push off, delegate, and or let go of? Now let's get to the fourth question. The fourth is, what's one thing I could do now, like within the next hour, that will move the ball forward most and and or remove the most friction? Okay, so once you've decided, you've gone through, what are my true priorities? What truly needs to get done? Um, how can I delegate? How can I let go? All of that stuff. You've got what's left. And sometimes, like for me, when I was practicing law, the end of the year truly was busy. I had a lot of balls in the air. I had a lot of deals I had to close, right? And sometimes you feel overwhelmed because there's just so much and you don't even know where to start. So this question is for that to distill, okay, just what's one thing I could do right now? to get you moving, to get you in action. Because what tends to happen with the human brain is, again, 
it gets stuck, right? It gets stuck in inaction by thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about all the things you could do and, oh, where do I start? No, I'm not sure. And it goes back and forth and back and forth like a ping pong ball. This is designed to just get you started on something. Because what happens is once we start taking action, that overwhelm goes down. We feel like we're doing something because we are, right? We're making traction. We're making progress. That's the point of this question. It's to just get you started on something and to stop overthinking where to get started, what to do. So ask, what's one thing I can do now that will move the ball forward most and or remove the most friction? Now, what you're going to come up with might not be the most urgent thing. It might not be the number one priority, okay? Which is okay to get you out of that stuckness and just get the ball moving and get you like moving forward, okay? So it, however, at this point, very much should be a priority, And it should be something that's easy to get started with and just to do so that you can check off the list and start feeling better. The thing to really pay attention to, though, is you want to focus on the thing that you can get started on now and get something, some type of chunk done within that next hour that will move the ball forward the most and or remove major friction. And something I want you to really focus on is that friction. What do I mean by that, right? The thing that you keep worrying over, the thing that keeps gumming up the works, the thing that's causing the most stress for you in the moment. What can you do towards that? That is the most helpful. Ask that and do it. Just do it. Get it done. Get it over with. You would be surprised how much overwhelm just immediately goes down when you do that, okay? Another question that can be really helpful, especially after you've done all of this, is to ask, where do I get energy? Where do I get energy from? And what can I do today to ensure I'm getting that energy as I work forward through all of the stuff that needs to get done? So in times when we're really busy, we forget to do the things for ourselves that give us energy. And you need that energy to get through those times. You need breaks. You must take breaks. That could include taking a quick walk. That could include going down the hall to talk to a colleague or your spouse if you are working from home. That could include getting a quick nap. Power naps can be incredibly effective, like 20, 25 minutes. That could be picking up the phone and calling a friend or a family member for a 20 to 30 minute conversation. Where do I get my energy from and how can I incorporate that into my breaks? And remember to take breaks. I had an entire episode. I will link to it in the show notes around how and why to take regular breaks, especially when you're busy, because they make you more productive and efficient, and you're going to get more done in less time, okay? So I will put that in the show notes. If you have not listened to that episode or you need a refresher, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that one as well. All right. I hope that this really helps you get through this holiday season, get through this next two months, without so much stress, without the overwhelm, and 
in a way where you can actually enjoy yourself. That is it for this week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both life and law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.